All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Marriage, that blessed arrangement, that dream within a dream. Ah, yes, marriage. Amy Mark scores alongside Chris Ranji. And on the topic of marriage, because I do believe it is National Marriage Week, um, we're excited to welcome in our guest, University of Virginia sociologist and the director of the National Marriage Product Project, excuse me, Brad Wilcox. He's also the author of the book, Get Married, Why Americans Must Defy the Elites, Forge Strong Families, and Save Civilization. Thank you so much for joining us, Brad. We really appreciate it. Good to be with you here today, Amy. I was afraid it would be a little cliched if we played the Mowage clip because I'm sure you've <laughs> heard that quite a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> sure, um, but it's obviously apropos of heading towards Valentine's Day. I think, as you probably know, there are a lot of engagements between basically Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of the, the time of year to be thinking about getting married. So let's talk about some of the statistics um, regarding marriage in the United States, because we do know that American, as you point out, American happiness is can hit all time lows, but American uh, marriages are hitting all time lows. And we just seem to see uh, a breakdown of some pretty traditional institutions. Yeah, that's right. So I think the bad news that I would convey to you right now is that the marriage rate's fallen by about 60% since 1970. And we have about one in two American adults who are married, which is kind of like a record low, basically. So that's kind of the bad news. And it's bad news because it's the biggest reason why we've seen a dip in happiness in America in recent decades. Um, fewer, you know, fewer Americans are putting a ring on it. So that's kind of the bad news. Um, the good news, though, about marriage in America is that a lot of people think that one in two marriages end in divorce. But today, it's well below that. We think probably closer to 40%. And my book, Get Married, kind of gives couples ideas about how they can avoid uh, ending up in divorce court and also, more importantly, have reasonably happy marriages most of the time. 40% seems kind of high still. Um, so how... We know what the numbers are. The numbers say that people who are married report something like 30 points higher in terms of happiness. What's the correlation, though? How do you draw the the line between, well, these people are happier. It must be because they're married. Great question. So I think starting part of the story here is the kinds of people who are getting married today tend to be a bit more you know, affluent probably more socially adept, also more religious as well, for instance. And these are all factors that are uh, correlated with greater happiness for Americans. But there's also, I mean, as we kind of track people over time, we can kind of sort of see how getting married changes their happiness, how getting divorced changes their happiness. So it gives us kind of like stronger 
uh, evidence that there's a causal story here. And I think the basic idea is that we're hardwired to connect, most of us. And so if we have a good you know, partner, uh, <clears throat> a good co-pilot in our lives, someone who's kind of with us and for us, that just makes most of us less lonely. It kind of increases our sense of, you know, living a meaningful life. And then it's also linked to about a doubling of our <clears throat> odds of being very happy with our lives. And it's true for both men and women. And that last point is really important because we're seeing now new polling evidence that indicates that women, especially younger women, think that marriage doesn't make them happier. Motherhood doesn't make them happier. And if there's no group of women in America today, on average, who are happier than married moms, as difficult as motherhood can be and as marriage can be, on average, married moms today are the, the happiest women out there. And uh, I'll give full transparency here, Brad. Both Ronj and I are single, uh, never married, although I am engaged as of several months ago. But it's it's <laughs> funny because um, I I wonder if there is there any statistic on that it's harder to get married or harder to find maybe a stable relationship. And I say that because I came from a very traditional family, um, mom and dad, homeschooled, um, faith-filled family. And I just always assumed I would get married, have a bunch of kids and, and you know, follow in that pattern. And so did my older sister. And I feel like we were kind of like hung out to dry for a while, like trying to find someone where that was also their ideal. Um, and I didn't know if maybe our culture, as it places less emphasis on marriage, it also makes the pool smaller, if that makes sense. No, I mean, you're completely on the money here. One of the things that I say in the book is that I think one in three young adults will never marry today. And that's a record statistic, unfortunately. Um, we're going to see a lot of permanent bachelors and bachelorettes. You've kind of, in a sense, been able to avoid that pattern. Congratulations on your engagement. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I know you're welcome. But I, but yeah, she is, won't stop you know, talking about it. <laughs> okay. But I do talk to a lot of uh, students at UVA, especially women at UVA, and they're just concerned about their prospects for dating and marriage down the road, and, and, and they should be. So I think we just have to be a lot more intentional, both young adults themselves, about kind of doing things that could put them in the path of a good spouse, you know, whether it's like going to an office party that you kind of don't really want to go to, but you might actually meet someone. I had a, a friend who did, who did that in Nashville, and she was asking her dad, well, should I go? I don't really feel like going. And he's like, no, no, you've got to go. And she did. And she met a great guy kind of in her same building, you know, and, and they're dating now. Same thing would be true when it comes to kind of thinking about college. A lot of parents, unfortunately, today are kind of telling their college age kids, you know, don't get serious now. You know, wait until you're 28, wait till you're 30 to really get, you know, serious about dating. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like for most of us, college is probably you know, if we do go to college, like one of the best places that we kind of can, you know, go to to find a potential, um, you know, spouse. So I think that's part of the answer. And then also for adults, you know, who have got younger or even middle-aged friends who are looking to get married to kind of be more intentional about being matchmakers. If you know someone who would be a good match for them, reach out and, and make that connection. Uh, you reported the number earlier that it's closer to 40% of people who get divorced. Why do you think that happens? Why is that number still, even if it's not one in two, um, as I said earlier, 40% still really high. Why do you think the number is so high? 
Yeah, I think it's high because, you know, we live in a much more individualistic um, country where people are often um, likely to sort of pursue their own desires, sometimes over that of, you know, their spouse and kids. Um, I've got an essay out this weekend in Wall Street Journal on the soulmate myth. I think too many of us kind of think about marriage solely through the the kind of prism or the perspective um, of that emotional, that romantic connection, not recognizing that marriage is about much more than just feelings. I think that's part of it. I think um, we are seeing, unfortunately, men <clears throat> being less stably employed. And when men are not working full time, they're less likely to end up getting married in the first place. They're more likely also, to your question, to get divorced um, in the second place. I think men have to be more intentional about being reliable um, employees and, and breadwinners for their families in, in this newer moment we're living in. Um, but then, too, there's some constructive things that people can do to minimize the risk of divorce. One thing you see is that couples of regular date nights who kind of you know take time to keep that spark alive. Um, you know, it looks like they're about a 25% lower risk of divorce if they're, um, you know, having those regular date nights. Um, and then I also find, too, that couples who attend church regularly are between 30 and 50% less likely to get divorced. So, yes, um, divorce is still obviously a real risk for couples, but there are some things, you know, like the things that I've just touched on that can um, dramatically reduce your, you know, your odds of landing in, in trouble uh, in your marriage. What do we know about the financial brackets or economic brackets uh, and how that correlates to marriage? Because I, if correct me if I'm wrong here, but those in higher economic brackets tend to get married or stay married, realizing that marriage is a stabilizing force. Those in lower economic brackets, we have lower rates of marriage, and that can really make life harder as well. Yeah, that's exactly correct. So what we see is that more educated, more affluent Americans are more likely today to get married in the first place and stay married in the second place. Just to kind of give you a for instance on that score, a majority of college-educated Americans aged 18 to 55 are married, but only a minority of Americans in that same age group um, who don't have a college degree are married. Um, So I think that's in part because, you know, steady income and more assets tend to you know, stabilize uh, relationships, make marriage more appealing and attractive, and reduce the financial stresses that can, you know, make all of us more miserable in our relationships or in our marriages. So there's definitely a money angle here that's, um, you know, that's playing out in in today's world. Well, I follow you on Twitter. I've really enjoyed uh, the work that you've done, what you put out there, articles that you link to. And we are talking with Brad Wilcox. He's a University of Virginia sociologist. He's the director of the National Marriage Project. And he has a book out, a brand new book. Congratulations. It is Get Married, Why Americans Must Defy the Elites, Forge Strong Families, and Save Civilization. It's really uh, interesting work data-driven and statistics that you've put out there. So thank you so much, Brad. Thanks for having me on today, Amy. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. That is Brad Wilcox of the University of Virginia. I do feel like the um, financial aspect of that is doing a lot of work that's not being acknowledged, that happier marriages. Let's think about a lot of the marriages that do end up breaking up. A ton of that is because there's financial strain. So, of course, if you're more affluent, you're more likely to stay in a marriage because that's not a thing that's a problem 
within the marriage. We know a lot of of relationships end up uh, going away because there is a money problem or money problems over years. That happens a lot, causes a lot of strain. So I think that you know you could you could say that yeah maybe the numbers do show that people who are married are happier but i don't know that it's necessarily because they are married there are a lot of other factors baseball is in full swing nba playoffs are heating up and your nfl team is gearing up for training camp listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Play. Well, I know he breaks down the data. I've been following him for a while. I know he breaks down the data pretty minutely. And also kind of what he was leaning towards with those in who are struggling financially. Anyway, it's not like they got married were, had financial issues and then didn't get married. It's a lot of times you maybe start in a lower, uh, less privileged area, more impoverished area, and your focus isn't on college, career. It just kind of happens and you're a single person. Now you've got a kid. And that that adds a ton of financial strain on someone who's already burdened. Yeah. 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 So it's I mean, right. It, it's not I don't know that marriage itself is the thing that's making people happier. I think there are a lot of other factors that are involved. Yeah. Well, I've been very happy since I met Mason Jar. So I'm, I'm excited. Gl- well, I'm glad you have. <laughs> no got, one's going to take that away from you. We've got Scott J. Gow next on The Chris and Amy Show. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 